All right, so we're doing the adventures of Sam Spade, detective, the Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail caper. From August 28th, 1949. I guess in the original broadcast, it was sponsored by uh, something called Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Yes. Oh, I love that stuff. I use it all the time, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say... I was going to say, Logan, your hair is looking mighty, mightily well toniced there. You know, yes. you can tell it shows. It's <laughs> that you. sheen. It's the <laughs> sheen in the light. It's the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. <laughs> That's right. I don't even know what that is. What does anyone know what an old timey hair tonic would be? I don't know, but yeah. I wouldn't put it on my head now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and you must use it with the shampoo for the best effect. Oh, I see. Yes. yes. I wouldn't use it today, oh, especially it's if it's if it's been in the bottle since 1946. That would be I just know lanolin from the Anchorman, like uh, opening like exercises to try to like get his voice, you know, warmed up and stuff. Lanolin. <laughs> <laughs> we should all do that. Lanolin, lanolin, lanolin. Lanolin. All right. So all right. I guess I'm doing Sam Spade. Yes, you are. Okay. I'm Fritz. All right. Zach is Fritz. Logan. I'm 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 the Frenchman. I'm Renaud. He is Renaud. Ren- uh, Renaud. Renaud. Pam. And I'm Effie. Hi, F. It's weird that he calls I'm... her F, but uh, he calls her F. Effie, <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> I'm Charmaine Roger. Ah, all right. Uh, Char. Yes. Who's your, who's your character in this enterprise? Mrs. Montague, of course. Sorry. We're only the most professional here at the Collie Wobbles. We all know. So. <laughs> and then Dusty is playing Horace. Horace Montague, the Pickle King. The Pickle King of Chicago, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? Right. Are we ready? So. Here we go. All right. Okay. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. <laughs> Sam Spade Detective Agency. It's me, sweetheart. Have you heard of pulling a rabbit out of a hat? Yes. Well, I pulled one out of a pickle. What happened, Sam? What happened, she asks. Well, goodbye. Oh, don't go, Sam. Don't you feel like talking about it? Frankly, no, but it's expected of me. Uh, Sharpen a carrot, buy me some rabbit punch. What? Get the hutch ready. I'm about to hippity hop through the door with the lowdown on the flopsy mopsy and cottontail caper. Effie! Here I am, Sam. What's the meaning of this? Of what? My desk and chair shoved over to one side of the office. To make room for the other desk and the bookcase. There'll be no other desk and no bookcase and no anything else. But, Sam, I thought you... Don't say it. Don't even think about that man, you understand? Oh, Ah, it's deliciously silent in here, don't you think, F? Sam, weren't you and he supposed to go? Stop that! Effie, would you like to have your mouth dry cleaned? No, sir. I'm sorry. I spoke harshly, (laughs) forgive me, but the past hours have taken their toll on my nerves. Perhaps I should unburden myself. We'd all feel better. All right, sir. Unburden yourself? I'm still in command here. Oh. To Mrs. Wellington Van Cleve Montague, Knob Hill, where else? City. From Samuel Spade, license number 13576. What else? Subject, 
the Flopsy Mopsy and Cottontail Caper, or How Fritz Crockett Saved the Day. My dear, dear Mrs. Montague. It all began Thursday afternoon when I entered my office and discovered a tall, wild young man sitting in my chair with his feet up on my desk and sampling my office bottle. The pose was so familiar, for a minute I thought it was me. Hello, Sam. I'll be with you in a minute. Have a seat. Thanks, I will. The one you're sitting on. You see the detective sits in that seat and the client sits over there. Qualifies me for this seat then. I'm a detective. I see. Well, uh, the detective we like in this office is Sam Spade, see? He pays the rents, he hires the secretary, he earns the money, and he sits behind his desk. Now on your feet. Okay. But with two detectives around here and only one detective chair, that's gonna get a little crowded. Mind if I have a drink out of my glass? Oh, sure, sir. Uh, you know what? Uh, we better make a note to get in our glass, too. Um, And some scotch. I don't care much for that bourbon. No self-respecting detective drinks scotch. Oh, and put this down. Uh, we'll need it in our desk and uh, a new paint job on these walls. Oh? Yeah, so with something bright. Robin's egg blue, maybe. Sue's the nervous client. And a bookshelf. Hey, uh, you got that, Effie, dear? Or am I going too fast? I think I got it. All done, Fritz. Desk, paint, bookshelf, scotch. At two, Effie. Ah, she's a doll. Wait a minute, that's my line. After I work with you a while, Sam, you'll appreciate me. So long. I'm great. Bye. You need me. Why? Because we'd be an unbeatable team. With my talent and your luck, we couldn't miss. Luck? Ever heard of Fritz Crockett? Chicago Fritz Crockett? Yes. Never heard of him. Ah, oh, Sam. Look, you're making your mark in your hometown. Now, why do you want to work for me in San Francisco? Lost my license in Chicago. I got caught on the hot side of a political battle. Worked for the losers, and the winners framed me for my license. Ah, oh, gee, tough, kid. I can't get a license in any state until I clear that mess up. And so I have to work under somebody else's. Yes, but why me? Because I've kept my eye on you, Sam. I like the way you're developing. I think you could work well with me. Gee, well, thanks. Well, your application's received. Give me a couple of years to think it over. What's the matter, Sam? Afraid I might touch your reputation in town? You found me out. But anyway, bye. Chicken, huh? Look, you want to compare scrapbooks sometime? A really good detective's got to be an actor. I play any style. Listen, we're following a Russian countess to recover Gorky's original manuscript of The Lower Depths. I met her in the lobby of the St. Mark, disguised as an iterant caviar salesman. Countess Natasha Mishkov. Oh, isn't it noisy in San Francisco? How long has it been? Eight years? Twelve years? Have you forgotten little Andre? Andre, Andre, sorry, sorry, no casting today. But look, look, you gotta be an actor, Sam. Look, you, you're gonna have more of a blow to the gun running career of Don Jose Ortega Sanchez, the notorious bandit. So what? Don Jose... You have bought your last gun and sold them to incite revolution inside this once peace-loving border countries. Yeah? I am powerless to prevent your execution. Die like the proudest Spaniard that you are. Cigarettes? Fritz, for heaven's sake, I... I help you, Sam. Look, you've been captured by a mutinous crew of an English tramp steamer, and I burst through the door. Get your bloomin' bloody hands off that man. This one I can do myself. 
FMO, take out. I don't know exactly why I sat there listening to the guy, but I did. He was sort of a one-man theater guild. He ran through 28 dialects, played a scene in which Jane Mason and Montgomery Clift were trapped by an Armenian rug merchant and were saved by the voice of Gabriel Heater on the radio. Then he played all four of the Marx Brothers arguing with the Andrews sisters. Then, after the intermission, he told me a little bit about himself, regaling me with spine-tingling accounts of his Frank Merriweather-type achievements on the football field and professional boxing and hockey. It was pretty thrilling stuff, but nonetheless, I was about to usher him out when he came up with a particularly good bit of dialogue. I have a job, Boris. Yeah, well, so, job? Where? Yesterday, Sam, I met an old friend from Chicago. She remembered me from an important cocktail party. I saved it for her, the party. Everyone was absolutely bleary until I became de rigueur with a brace of a few amusing anecdotes. The job, Fritz, the job. Oh, yeah. Anyway, she wants us to guard an old valuable hunk of jewelry at a party tonight on Knob Hill. What's the money? A hundred apiece, plus mingling with notch dancers and all the caviar we can eat. Well, then, well, it's better than I expected. In fact, I... Now, here's what I want you to do. Oh, wait a minute. What's with this? Here's what I want you to do. This is the Sam Spade Detective Agency, named so because Sam Spade is the man who gives the orders around here. Now, what do you want me to do? Well, this is a costume party, and we have to wear costumes. It's in the deal. Good. I'll break your leg, and you can go as the man who came to dinner. Uh, Sam, I already have the costumes. What? Right here. Crockett, what would you have done if I didn't go with you? Aha, uh-huh. that thought never crossed my mind, Sam. What are the costumes? Sam, 100 clams apiece is a lot of dough. Agreed. You are about to confront the reason we are being paid so much. What is that? Your costume. You are to go as a rabbit, a white rabbit. Here's the suit. Oh, and here's the head. Notice the shocking pink ears. No, the deal's off. It's been swell, but... Now, wait a minute. I am also going as a rabbit. See, you will go as Flopsy, and I will go as Mopsy. I will not go anywhere dressed in that ridiculous outfit. $100, Sam. I will... Well... Sam, let's talk this over. Uh, Now, look, I will talk to you as a businessman might talk to you. Uh, Now, Mr. Spade, you take your ordinary type detective, and you've got a pretty spotty... We talked and talked, and around 8 o'clock that night, I found myself still talking and walking up the steps of your Knob Hill mansion, Mrs. Montague, cleverly disguised as Flopsy the Rabbit, paw and paw with Mopsy Crockett. My headpiece covered everything but my eyes, nose, and mouth, and I was grateful for that. When I passed the doorman, I was tempted to say, Eh, what's up, Doc? But uh, Fritz said it ahead of me. He walked in as if this was his personal hutch, and you, Mrs. Montague, cruised over to us. Well, my little bunny twins, aren't you both darling? Yeah. Which one of you is Mr. Spade? Well, I'm Mr. Crockett, Mrs. Montague. Mopsy, you remember me from being at that soiree with Ronnie and Bonita? Or maybe it was Gypsy introduced us. Nesbach? Oh, yes. Um, oh, I'm glad you were able to be here, Mr. Spade. I've always wanted to meet you. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Montague. I am the straight man. How do you like my costume? Well, 
there's not another one like it in town. Yeah. I'm the only wood nymph in San Francisco. The trees will swoon. They will. Oh, you. This is Montague. Mrs. Montague, uh, perhaps you'd be disposed to outline our job. Well, of course, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Crockett. Uh, myself, Mrs. Arlington Clifford McGill, and the famous Spanish artiste Julio Norego are going to pick the woman with the most fascinating costume. Search no further. It could be no one but you. Flatterer, I'm not eligible. Oh. Then at 10 o'clock, we'll have the grand parade. The winner will lead the parade wearing a small jewel-studded crown. Oh, darling, thousands of emeralds and all sorts of things. Well, this crown once belonged to Josephina France. Imagine. Uh, Mrs. Montague, I hate to be an old killjoy, but are we here to uh, guard the crown? Well, that's right, Flopsy. I think this is best. How is that? Oh, I don't expect any trouble, but it is so valuable. I can't take any chances. My husband picked it up in Iran. He's in pickles, you know. Well, you know best. Hey, uh, where's the crown now, Mrs. Montague? Oh, in the vault. Safe in the master bedroom on the second floor. Here's the combination to the safe written down. I'd uh, rather not have the combination, if you don't mind, until it's time to get the crown. Oh, why? Don't you be silly, Mr. Spade. Next to the crown, there's only fifty or $60,000 in the safe. Oh, well, if that's all. And the safe is behind the Degas original. Now, until I need you, just go and enjoy yourselves. Well, we're going. Maybe I'll even let you dance with little me. Fritz and I synchronized our watches and decided that until we were needed, we would lose ourselves in the crowd and keep our big rabbit ears open. Everybody was masked and loaded, and it was all very tame. I brushed elbows with pirates, Northwest Mounted Police, unmounted, a gorilla, an Arabian princess, four Pocahontases, and assorted but historic characters from Julius Caesar to Mike Romanoff. And I was dipping a carrot into the punch bowl when a girl made her way over to me. I knew it was a girl immediately, you could tell. I uh, tagged her as a burlesque queen, but she didn't talk much like one. Are you a e-bunny or a she-bunny? Uh, I'm a he-bunny. Would you like to dance with me? I'd be delighted. Who are you? I'm not supposed to tell you until the masks come off. From now, you just call me Flopsy. Flopsy, how cute. You Americans have the cutest ideas. Yeah. Uh, speaking of ideas, uh, what do you represent? I am a Folie Berger dancer. Do you like me? Well, from where I stand, it would be next to impossible to dislike you. Oh, that is possible. And the lady was a beaut. Uh, tell me, have you been in this country long? A few weeks. My family has sent me on a tour of America. I see. I am here as a guest of Mr. Montague. Now tell me, you are a detective, are you not? <laughs> As much as I regretted doing it, I hastily detached myself from Miss Folly's Berger of 1949. How she knew I was a detective puzzled me. I saw Crockett talking with a paunchy red devil and a middle-aged Christopher Columbus and stopped by. Uh, they were biz big businessmen, obviously, and so, so was he. Uh, well, now you take your ordinary paper freak today. Someone you meet in a pay a place like... <laughs> 
It would have been impossible to interrupt him, so I moved on. Finally, I sat down to rest in a quiet corner of the library, and I no sooner did than a large green pickle with two bandy legs sticking out of it sat down beside me. You want to buy a pickle? Uh, uh, no thanks. Go ahead. It's free. I only eat carrots. Thank you just the same. I suppose you know who I am. As a matter of fact, I don't. Well, I shouldn't tell you, but I'm lonesome for somebody to talk to. Well, I... My wife's dancing with another man. Sometimes I think she only likes me for my money. I find that hard to believe. Well, I have millions, you know, just millions. Well, I'm Horace Montague, the pickle king, and I've sold more pickles than any living man. Congratulations. You like my costume? Never smelled anything like it. When I came to this town, it was just an ordinary new pickle. Sometimes I come as dill. Sometimes I come as a gherkin. How jolly. Once I came as a sweet sour mixture. Yeah. And I got very confused. Well, that's up to you. I guess all I really have is my money. Get kind of tired of being so rich. It was fun in the early days. I was a pioneer, you know. Started, I suppose, with just a wart? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very, very funny. <laughs> funny. Yeah, well, keep laughing, Horace. I have to be running along. Thank you for talking to me. I was beginning to feel like an extra in Alice in Wonderland. I headed back for the solace of the punch bowl. I saw a Mopsy Crockett standing with the Follies Berger dancer and went over to him. But he suddenly turned and hopped away faster than I could hop after him. Why the coyness, I couldn't understand. When I finally caught up with him ten minutes later, he was waltzing with Anne of Austria, who was hanging on his every word. And that was a lot of hanging. My darling, until you have tasted my Liebekuschen, you have the stories of Goethe, Schiller, Heimler, all mashed into one goulash. Do you mind if I cut in? If you must... I meant with the other rabbit. Come along, Mopsy. Well, of all the cheek. Excuse me, darling. I come later back. Hello, Sam. What uh, do you hear from the mob? What's the idea of avoiding me? <laughs> avoiding you? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, you do. Crockett, don't you remember just 10 minutes ago my chasing you all over the floor? So help me, I don't. Oh, there you are, my little bunnies. Yeah, here we are, Mrs. Montague. All right, you can give me the crown now. I'm almost ready to announce the winners of the costumes. Well, we haven't taken it out yet, Mrs. Montague. You haven't? You just said you were going to get it. I didn't. Did you, Fritz? Not I, Flopsy. Now, now Bunny, stop playing jokes. One of you came up to me a couple of minutes ago and said you had lost the combination to the safe, so I gave it to you again. You said you were going to get the crown. Now, where is it? I don't know, but let's find it. When we arrived in the master bedroom, the worst had happened. The Degas original was gone off the wall. The safe was open. Believe it or not, the fifty dollars or $60,000 habitually kept in it wasn't even touched. But you, Mrs. Montague, weren't worried about the cash. Oh, it's not here. The Josephine crown is gone. Oh, this is frightful. What will Horace say? We're sorry, Mrs. Montague. Sorry? You were supposed to guard it. It's your fault. Maybe you stole it yourselves. Mrs. Montague, we did nothing of the kind. 
I distinctly remember you saying you were going to get it, and I did give you the combination again, and I know you did it. Oh, Horus! Oh, Horus! Horus! What's happening, Hobby dear? Well, I was walking down the hall when a rabbit come running out, dragged me into a room, made me take off my pickles. Oh! He hit me on the head with something, then he took off his bunny suit, jumped into my pickle, and ran off. Oh, my head. And now back to the Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail Caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. Crockett and I dashed down the hall to the room the Pickle King had abdicated. On the floor was the limp, unfilled costume of a rabbit. The Montague's party not only had Flopsy and Mopsy, but it also had a thieving cottontail. I left Fritz Crockett and you, Mrs. M, attending to Horace in your master bedroom and bounded down the stairs, through the guests and out the front door. I was standing there wondering where to pick up the track of a rabbit turned pickle. When I saw the Follies Berger dancer come running out of the Montague mansion through a side entrance and enter a taxi. I jumped into another cab and followed her, divesting myself of my Flopsy costume en route. She went to the west end of O'Farrell Street and entered a shabby gray apartment house. I followed. I knocked at every door until I found hers. Yes? Hey, it's me, the he-bunny. Flopsy, remember? Why did you follow me here? Voila, because you're so beautiful. Can I come in? No. Thanks. I said no. Did you not hear me? But have no fear, I'm bonded. Uh, how did you know there was a detective, a detective's heart beating under my rabbit suit? I am not going to answer. You have no right to come in here. Come on, how? Uh, I think I overheard someone say it. Now, if that is all you wanted to know, please go. Why did you leave the party early? Because it bored me. I thought America was not a police state. Why am I being questioned? Because somebody stole the Josephine crown that belonged to Mrs. Montague. I am glad it is stolen. I am delighted. But I did not steal it. What's your name? Charmaine Roger. What's yours? Sam Spade. Why were you so happy that the crown was stolen? Because it does not belong in the ugly home of a childish woman who thinks only of her social position and her money. Oh? We take only what is ours, not money. Where does it belong? In France, where it was made and where it was appreciated. I see. How much is it worth? In money? 150 to 200 million francs. It is more than one can say. You're saying the crown means more to a Frenchman than money? How would you like it if your Abraham Lincoln desk was being used by some businessman to serve cocktails over? I get the point. I tell you again, I do not know what happened to the Josephine crown tonight. Do you believe me? I did, but only because when she left the party, she wore only her costume and that costume wouldn't have hidden, well, she couldn't have had it on her. I uh, went up a block up the street, picked up a cab, and sat at it until she came out five minutes later. She was now in street clothes and carrying an overnight case. She drove to Castle Street, and I followed. She went into a restaurant called La Parisienne. I waited a discreet moment and then went in. 
She was nowhere to be seen, but a tall, lean, black-haired individual approached me with a menu in his hand. Good evening, monsieur. I regret to say that we have just closed. I'm not interested in eating. Where's the girl that just came? Girl? No girl here. Don't dummy on us. She walked right in here 30 seconds ago. Brown hair, red coat, Charmaine Roger by name. You have made some mistake. As you can see, there is no one in here. I have made no mistake. Now come clean. Come on. Monsieur, please let me go. No girl came in, but it wasn't. There's no place to hide but the kitchen. All right, then show me the kitchen. Monsieur Renaud. Monsieur. Oh, oh my, spade. Well, it didn't take you long to get here, Mr. Montague. Don't move, Mr. Spade. I have a knife at your neck. Yes, I feel it. Shall I take care of him, Mr. Montague? No, Renaud, put down your knife. Thanks. Mr. Spade and I will sit down at the table and talk quietly. You can go. As you say, monsieur, but I will keep out an eye. That's keep an eye out. Sit down, please. Spade, while you are here, I have a personal matter to take up with you. About the Josephine crown? Yes. Well, I'm sorry to report that as yet I haven't found it. Good. I'll be happy if you've never found it. Oh, does uh, Mrs. Montague know you feel this way? No, and I'd be real happy if she didn't know. Uh-huh. In other words, you want me to stop looking for it. That's interesting. That's the idea. Oh, you make a pretense of trying to find it, but no more. I'll pay you a good fee if you do this for me. Why don't you want it found, Mr. Montague? Eh, well, I'll talk to you man to man. Please do. Uh, a French girl showed up in town. Charmaine Roger? Well, then you've seen her. Quite a bit of her at the party. Yeah, well, she's young and beautiful, and to get right to the point, I was indiscreet. I see. She turned out to be more designing than I realized. Blackmail? Of a sort. She didn't want to get money. She wanted the Josephine crown. And uh, you let them steal it. I told them I could get them into the party, furnish them with a car, and the rest was up to them. Well, I couldn't. My wife values it too much. It's her prized possession. She even wears it around the house when just the two of us are there. Yeah, my, that's good. Now, will you just forget about this? I'm afraid not, Mr. Montague. I'm hired out to your wife who asked me to guard it. I did a bad job. Now it's up to me to get it back. Please, no, Spade. I, I can't afford a scandal with that girl. Well, you'll have to work that out for yourself. Farewell. I'm sorry. I must admit, Mrs. Montague, I underestimated your husband. For at that point, he produced a gun out of thin air and very professionally relieved me of mine. He called the proprietor, Renault, who appeared with Charmaine Roger. They held an immediate kangaroo court. Sentencing was about to be pronounced when the front door burst open and in swept a tall character in black beret and cape and sporting a handlebar mustache. Aha! Prominently pinned on his cape, or a brace of French war medals, including the Croix de Guerre, and so on. His entrance held everybody bug-eyed, including me. La enfance de la patrie, les jours de glory. Ah, what joyous, charming gathering have we here. Ah, the glow of warm friendship fills the room like a cozy fireplace in Alsace Lorraine. Ah, it cannot be. It is not my true mon ami, Monsieur Montague. I kiss you on both cheeks in happiness. Mwah.
Hey, who are you? I I don't seem to remember. Oh, what? You are so soon forgetting me? We met at the Folies Bergère. Ah, those days. Do you not recall the nights in Montmartre and the days on Mont Blanc? Oh, my goodness. That is, monsieur. When he bent over to Chris Montague again, his mustache fell off. As usual, Crockett had overplayed. And before he could straighten up, Renault hit him on the back of the head and he fell flat on his face, out cold. That was my cue to go into action. I turned over the table, wrestled with Horace and Renault while Charmaine was striking at me with a heel of her shoe. I got to the gun first and everything came to a sudden lull. At that point, Fritz Crockett came to. Oh, ah, me and me. Where did the sudden darkness come from? Yeah, well, you can drop the dialect, Crockett. Oh. Wish I had a picture of you there on the floor for your scrapbook. Oh, it was all in the act, Sam. All in the act. Well, do you think you're well enough to hold this gun while I make a search? Oh, leave it to me, Sam. Everything will be under control. Now stand back, everybody. I'm in charge here. The U.S. government is not entirely without influence in Washington. I found the Josephine crown hidden in the basement, and we called the police. I was afraid the incident struck a blow at Franco-American relations when a certain Charmaine Roger and Renault produced two tickets, not for Paris or Points French, but for Rio de Janeiro. And you know the rest, Mrs. Montague. Your husband went home and you forgave him. He made a superb gesture towards international harmony by returning the Josephine crown to the French Historical Society. And when you asked who might be the man to guard the crown safely back to La Belle France, I was overjoyed to be in a position to recommend to you Fritz Crockett. I hope he marries uh, Suzette and stays over there. Period. End of report. Oh, Sam, isn't that Fritz Crockett an exciting man? Don't let's talk any more about him. Let him get his own program. The first person in this office to mention his name again is a rotten egg. Now go type that up. Here it is, Sam, all typed up. Thanks, Effie. Santa Spade Detective Agency. Oh, it's for you, Sam. Hello? It's me, Sam Fritz. Oh, no. I'm at the airport. I just wanted to tell you I'll be out of town for a while. Won't be using the office, so just take the whole thing over. Well, that's very generous of you. And you can use Effie if you need her for anything. Well, I'll never be able to repay you. Oh, that's all right. You did a pretty good job on the caper today. Thanks. I was just talking to Mrs. Montague, and I said to her, Sam, you're not even listening. I've had enough of him for one day. Come here. You'll have to be satisfied with my one arm. That's good enough for me. Oh, good night, Sam. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, Fritz. That's it. That was cute. Very nice. That was really nice cute. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Lots of accents in that. Logan and Zach. Maybe. I didn't get I'm to so do jealous accent. that I didn't get to do a Southern accent because that's always my favorite. So, And he did such a good job, too. 
I don't mind to interrupt this uh, mutual admiration society, but I just want to say, okay. everyone, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy each other. <laughs> the Collie Wobbles Broadcasting System. Um, <laughs>